This is episode two of the ADR podcast. I think yesterday went surprisingly well for my very first attempt at podcasting, so thank you very much for tuning in for the second day of uh, the ADR podcast. I guess I should say that my evil ulterior motives for doing a daily podcast is so that I can keep practicing and hopefully one day work up to an actual show. Not that this isn't an actual show, but hopefully something a bit more legit than me sitting here at my desk every day for five minutes talking to you about movies. And the movie I want to talk to you about today is something that blows my mind every time I watched it. And we just watched it again for Film Club last night here at Northeastern University. We have a film enthusiast club. Every Wednesday night we get together and watch the movie. And I imagine that the club's going to be a big subject of this show as I watch lots and lots of movies I've never seen before. But the movie I want to talk to you about today is something I have seen before and probably wouldn't ever watch again for a long time had it not been nominated by someone else in the club. It's 2001 A Space Odyssey. I mean, honestly, what can I say about this movie that hasn't been said already? <laughs> so many different people have taken a stab at it, tried to understand its weird space fetuses and pretty colors and apes and computers. It's incredible what this movie was able to do. Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke together were years ahead of their time, and it amazes me every time I see it. I can only imagine the people on set, how confused they must be about what they had to do for the camera. Like, wait, I have to pretend I'm looking at what? And then Kubrick's there, like, don't, don't worry about it, just do it, we'll figure all that out later. And to be honest, I don't think anyone really has, which I think is awesome, that a movie's been around for this long and only has certain kind of solid theories about what it means. One of my favorite things about this movie is how it really tests the audience patience in some really unique ways. It's not particularly long, but it spends a lot of time with things that are extremely mundane or repetitive. The last act of the movie, for instance, why is it in there? Why did it spend a half hour or so with pretty colors and space topography? By the time it was finished, the entire club was exhausted. And it was only about a half hour, but it's so repetitive and mind-numbing, especially when preceded by, you know, the dawn of man and Hal and the monolith. I guess I should put in a little bit of a spoiler warning, but to be honest, I don't think this movie's able to be spoiled. 2001 is one of a rare breed of movies that really can't be spoiled because it's more of an experience than something plot-centric. When you see 2001, you're not thinking so much about the plot. You're thinking all about the fact that you just sat there for two and a half hours, bombarded with all these strange ideas and images. That's something that I think Kubrick does very, very well, especially in his later movies. He makes things that aren't so much plot-centric, but they're very focused on the shots and the pacing and the atmosphere that he creates for these characters. And that kind of makes sense when you consider the fact that all of his movies are adaptations. He doesn't care so much about the characters. They're not his. What is his is the experience you get when watching the movie and the atmosphere and the camera shots and the pacing. Through the magic of podcasting, it took me maybe a millisecond to create a list of my favorite of these cinematic tangents that Kubrick has. For starters, most of 2001, he could have showed the apes at the very beginning for maybe five minutes. Instead, he spends, I don't know, 20 minutes with them? And that itself is pretty draining, but he's able to create this long, epic movie out of it. Similarly, the final act of 2001 is all pretty colors and all that kind of thing. It's draining, it's a tangent from the main plot that I think ended a little bit before that, but at the same time it adds so much, and it's probably the most famous part of the movie that isn't Hal. The final shot of The Clockwork Orange is kind of similar. It's this strange little surreal sex scene that Alex narrates over. 
And I think that aside from 2001, which is an entirely different beast in and of itself, The Shining has the best examples of this and the most prevalent examples of it. As Jack starts to get more and more insane, the hotel starts to become more sinister. There's a lot of strange stuff that happens, and I feel like the characters are dropped for favor of the hotel and all of its creepiness. You know, things like the twins, the bear, the elevator blood, the um, old lady in the bathroom. They're some of the scariest moments in the whole movie, but they have very, very little to do with any of the characters. Which is probably why this adaptation pissed off Stephen King and all of the book fans. Disclaimer, I have not read the book, but it seems to me like Kubrick really dropped the focus on alcoholism from the book and focused a lot more on the hotel and all of its creepy things. While they're both similar enough in plot, they're different enough in the theme that Stephen King got really angry and went on and I don't know if he made or just produced or endorses the TV series a little bit more, but by most accounts, the TV show is crap compared to Kubrick's film. Disclaimer, I have not seen the TV show either. But what I don't understand is why can't people just accept them as different entities? Well, I guess people do. I guess I'm looking at Stephen King a little bit more. Stephen King, why can't you just accept that Kubrick's film is a classic, even if it doesn't really line up with what your book originally was? Well, that was a rather long and strange tangent about The Shining. I originally wanted today's episode to use 2001 as a jumping-off point to talk about sci-fi, but I guess I used it to talk about Kubrick. I guess you never know with the ADR podcast. Then again, I just started this yesterday, so I guess I don't really know either. Thank you for tuning in today. I am BrianHam93 on Twitter if you'd like to reach out and talk about movies. I really like to talk about movies. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with a new episode.